0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Those Who Hope podcast. I'm very excited to be joined today by a very good friend of mine, my bro, Henry Lee Hunt. Come
1: on, sis. Woo! Oh, we're going by, we're going by, my, my, by my stage name. Oh, friend. I have introduced you oh, as your stage name, yeah. but
0: introduce, we yeah, can have both names. That's right.
1: Well, if I get taken to court, no one will ever know. <laughs> you, don't, you, no. don't, oh. you don't know my legal name. So. We want to uh, know your legal name
0: now. Actually, I'm trying to think if I, if
1: oh, I can remember it. This is when... Oh, I thought you were a good friend of mine. No, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. A lot of people say that they're like, "Oh, what's your actual name?" Well,
0: yeah, I'm used to hearing. Okay, Henry so
1: Hunt. um, you know, back in the day when I got picked on at school, people people used to call me Henry Cotton, um, because it was well, my, my my actual name is is a word similar to that. It's a material, oh. uh, smooth and. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. Silk. Oh, of
0: course. Yeah. No, 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 I did know that. Henry Silk. That's what your name is in my phone. Oh, is it? It is. There you go. Because, but, you know, I have a confession. I only just saved your number into my phone like yesterday. Because. (laughs) (laughs) because Oh, no. My world's crumbling. No, it's not anything bad. It's because, you know, on WhatsApp, like you'll have someone's number but like if, because if, all the things we we're on like group chats and stuff, I can see your name, Henry, but I didn't actually just click into my phone, Henry, because I always WhatsApp you. Okay. So then like if I was, I do this to so many people, I'll <laughs> like go to message you and it, I would just type in Henry, for example, yeah. and then it just comes up with your number. It wasn't until I needed to add you to but a group are you chat. You
1: telling me that on all the group chats <laughs> we're in, I've, I've, you could just see like plus four four eight seven. Oh seven or <laughs> so, uh, Oh no, that's really sad. Oh well, hey, uh, no, I do that now. for loads of people. And I'm at least, sorry. At least it's safe now. It's right. it I mean, is. You've been Katrina on my phone for ages, but there you go. I mean, whatever. Sorry. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Do you know what?
0: I, I must have it for loads of friends. You
1: confess, and I forgive you.
0: That's it. I and mean, if we confess he is just okay. to forgive us and, and henry is following the yeah, suit yeah,
1: yeah yeah no it's all good <laughs> That's all hilarious. good but yeah so no but you can honestly so you can call me what you want on this podcast like you know
0: okay well know. let's let our audience choose so listeners if you're listening or if yeah. you're watching you vote are we going by henry lee hunt yeah. or henry silk Ooh, that that is the question so when okay we we, we haven't even introduced who you are but we have a stage name so i'm guessing you might be an actor is that correct yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um that is my my i guess yeah professional name equity name whatever Mm -hmm. when i went to i guess yeah when people go through drama school and they you don't don't have to go Obviously, go to drama school to do this but if you like join equity or spotlight there's that thing of like um oh do i you know if um if my name's already been taken, if my mm-hmm. legal name's already been taken, um, you usually have to change it. That Henry Silk wasn't taken, but I, I did change it anyway. Um, co- well, I changed it because my mum's side of the family, um, well, it's, it's it's her maiden name, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, quite a few uh, family members on her side were in the in the showbiz, um, in the performing arts world. So and were actors and, and dancers and stuff. Um, and singers so yeah that's, so that's awesome. where it's from keep the name going that's where it's from yeah yeah yeah. i yeah. actually i mean i don't want to like brag or anything or name drop but um <laughs> uh, get straight in there i mean i'm not that i've ever been on um who do you think you are but if i were to well right. i'm not going to but i think you can go for, i think lee hunt it comes from um the second wave romantic poet of the same name who was mates with like Byron and Keats and Shelley and that lot—the guy who was married to Mary Shelley, who wrote Frankenstein. No so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's actually where it's from, and then it's just well, yeah, and then it's just sort of part gone down the generation So yeah, I don't know where the exact connection is, but. There you go.
0: Wow. So it's a name yeah. of the arts.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
0: Um, and we'll get on to, you know, I think we should put a couple more name drops in this pod. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. let's keep people waiting for it, amazing. you know, because you got to stay listening to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no,
1: that's the funny thing with like, with like names, professional names, because mm. you, you, th- you just assume, don't you, people you know in that kind of world, that's their actual name. But like, there are a couple, like, for example, like Graham Norton, mm. not his real name. Really? His real name's Graham Walker. No. but he, his name was taken hence ah. changing it yeah um, because
0: for people that don't know yeah. what Equity and Spotlight is so Equity yeah. is basically like an actors union um, and they provide support and other things too um, but you can get your stage name on there so you can claim your name so that if if somebody is talking about actress Katrina Markham there, there we is go. a <laughs> yo gee <laughs> because you know everybody is clearly no <laughs> <laughs> not at all but if uh, that's why they do it though isn't it so that they know who yeah. you're referring to yeah, yeah. in the industry it's if like you mention your business mentioned... name you've claimed yeah so mean... like they you won't get confused so, yeah, between two you, separate you know, people if you,
1: if you just come out of drama school and you want to be benedict cumberbatch guess what you can't that <laughs> name's already taken he's got that one <laughs> yeah but like an, um an, another one quickly david tennant mm, not his real name really not his real name david McDonald's real name and i heard on an interview once he was going through like uh back in the day like a uh, popular like fan magazine or whatever comes across do you know of the pet shop boys yes i've heard of them Guy called neil tennant came across that david tennant looks at it knows that he can't use david mcdonald's and he goes i quite like that like (laughs) David Tennant like yeah and that, that's that's no he that's, just copied it yeah yeah yeah. well he took that's where he got Tennant from because usually so like for me I've taken my mum's maiden name like you know, yeah Henry Hunt like but actually that is it's a, a, a valid reason because I mean I guess it sounds okay but like I've taken it because it's my mum's maiden name but like for him it's just you it like, just, he just happened to. but it does copy. sound great that's what a lot it? of people do like they will just I mean so for example Richard yes. Melian from from it as well the show we're both in his original his name's edwards and that yes. was taken so i think millions from where he was based down in cornwall i think yeah yeah, I, yeah that's yeah, right yeah. it was a little so town there you go so people often do that so yeah
0: that is so interesting well thank you so much for joining me on the podcast thank today you for having me.
1: honestly like the second one of the day i was sitting back there for anna onwins mm-hmm. and i was that audience member <laughs> yeah. you, um, doing this that you <laughs> mentioned but yeah honestly just so encouraging so good to hear yeah. Um, I couldn't, I was, I had to hold myself back from saying amen like every few minutes. Like, it's mad. Oh, yeah. yeah it
0: was great having a studio audience today. Yes. And we are pumped because mm. we recorded that episode with Anna and it was just so powerful. So if you haven't already listened to it, I think it will be published by now, so yeah. go and listen to it. And uh we had a lovely lunch as well, didn't we? We did. What's that the name was... of the
1: bakery? That...
0: Yeah, shout out to Godfrey's bakery. Godfrey yeah.
1: go That your that your brother Eddie went to collect uh, the goods. Yeah. Um yeah, had a lovely little coronation sandwich, bap, roll. It was great. Mm, well, enough about food. Sorry. Let's
0: <laughs> No, food I love I'm, I'm let's food let's should
1: we talk about spiritual food or something else? Oh, yeah.
0: Spitting um... facts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So, basically, Henry, I would love for you to help us get to know you a little bit. So, we've mentioned that you are an actor and we're both in the show, It Is Well With My Soul. So, if you've listened to episode two, I spoke to Gareth Hyde, who wrote the show, It Is Well With My Soul. And we are both in the show, aren't we? Mm. So, you play Horatio Spafford. And we spoke in the episode with Gareth. If you've listened, you might be familiar of um, Horatio Spafford wrote the lyrics to the song, It Is Well With My Soul. Mm-hmm. And Philip Bliss, who is my husband in the show, wrote the music. Yeah. So what is it like playing Horatio Spafford?
1: Oh, well, um, it's it, it's a whole thing, I guess, which kind of ties into what we're, you know, I think one of your questions was like, how, we, how, how do we meet and stuff? But yeah, just like the whole... Um, it as well, family and and the journey of of, of that. I mean, really it's since last February, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, but no, great. Like I remember, yeah, the whole way it kind of came about. um, I met Gareth, who I consider as one of my closest friends, um, through a couple of mates of mine who are also really good friends from my church in London, um, who do a lot of evangelism, street evangelism with him and have worked with him before. And he goes to a church, not the same church as me, but in South Hamwell um and uh yeah i happened to see a, a gospel concert that he was doing um i was living living with my pastor at the time and one of my mates who's a professional rapper i'm sure i can plug some of his stuff but um i'll be plugging we'll be, plug plug away, we'll be plugging plug loads away. of music but um i just met him through him and we just went we just went to this to this gig that gareth was doing for free so that's when i first met him and he mentioned at the time that he was doing or writing a musical i think this is like was October- that? yeah this was like October i saw 22. that tour i saw him in yeah. forest gate yeah yeah, yeah yeah oh great yeah Not far from me. yeah yeah so so that's when i first heard about it and then another of those mates um messaged me about just this role that had come up within the show it was actually with the part of dl moody um where he mm. richard plays um but then he just approached me about that and then found that um richard was obviously you know he's got such an amazing voice and he was really well suited to it and rich got offered that um and yeah i was obviously wasn't right for that but um yeah just basically the guy martin producing the show um supporting gareth through that uh just said hey gareth like what if someone goes down or anything or you know what he have not got any understudies so initially i was brought in as like an understudy mm-hmm. and then gareth was like do you know what because i basically gareth What guy took me out to lunch at a local pub and we chatted about it. I was talking to Tim about like my heart for wanting to still do acting, but kind of like a lot of what Anna said, like I really wanted to do it. But I was working for my church at the time and I was like, oh, God, what is your will? Like, how do you want me to go about this? Do you want me to in what ways do you want me to? Yeah, like use any kind of skills or passions that you've kind of given me? Um, and I was just talking about like what I'd done through like my Christian union at uni and what I'd done through church and how my faith was kind of growing and uh, yeah Gareth was he initially rung me up when I was at church after and was like Henry I just don't think you're right for the role I was like Firstly, fair enough. Is that
0: for Horatio? No,
1: for Diolmoody. I was like, yeah, sorry. like fair enough, like that's that's totally fine. And I was like, yeah, like he's not gonna, he's not, you know, that's it. Like this would have been so cool, but he's just gonna tell me it's it's not right, and you know, say sorry, but thanks anyway. I was like, yeah, I was sort of ready to just put the phone down, but then Gav was like, but what if you not only came as an as an understudy, but um played one of the other roles that I've that, that he had, which was about um the Spafford role so um yeah that's sort of how it came about but to actually answer your question it's great playing that part i think obviously the focus is on um is on philip bliss and philip and lucy bliss and their journey um you know and and how their faith is challenged a lot same with horatio and anna spafford as well and the not to spoil anything but the different tragedies the the musical kind of explores and um yeah, but no, it's great play, and and like when we had that that workshop in February. Um I remember them asking me they did a little interview and they like asked me questions about oh what is it like to play Horatio basically what you've just mm. asked me and at the time I literally just been given the script yeah. and obviously Gareth had given me like some background to it but it was very kind of fresh in my mind and I didn't I did I only knew so much so I kind of was a bit sort of put on the spot and kind of like blabbered my way through but rather than making anything up I was just like Do you know what I'm gonna be completely honest I literally found out but I said this like, on <laughs> table. I was like I literally found out about this a couple of days ago I'm not gonna lie um I was just honest um but no like now obviously having done you know the the couple tours we've we've done so far it's it's a real privilege and yeah obviously great great to play that and to be part of the company but i think first and foremost as you'd probably agree just um the blessing it is to be part of that show to know why we're doing it first and foremost to um make Jesus known, to spread the gospel message. But to do that through a true story, like I think a lot of Christians would, would would look at it, would 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 watch it and go, oh, you know, you're like, there's a lot of obviously scripture we get in and a lot of like truth uh, that the characters say. And it's like, some people might think, oh, like, are you just sort of forcing it on people? Well, no, we're not. Like, we are very direct with the mm. message. But to be honest, these are, it's told through the lens of like real life, like what did happen. And Gareth has obviously done, loads of research into it he's read honestly the, m- the amount of books that man reads mm. and the stuff he takes in to ha- help inform the way he writes it and the songs and everything um but yeah no it's just so great and obviously mm. the things that doing the show meeting you guys uh meeting gareth has all led to um has been it's been great so mm. but yeah no i mean i'm just excited to see like what will happen going forward with the show um the blessing it will be for you know the audiences and yeah also just touring it just taking it around like up and down the country and who knows what god will do with it yeah
0: which is so exciting and i love what you said there about um how it is true life and it's so accessible because i've got a real heart for things not feeling like closed doors to people that don't have the same faith as me do you know what i mean like anything i do that's faith-based i'm like this isn't just for christians to enjoy i want i want Anyone to be able to watch this and be blessed by it, and um, and for it to, you know, have an impact on them. Yeah. Um, and I think that because it is a true story, that people, because I've had a lot of friends who don't share the same faith as me, but they've come to see it and they've just been inspired by these people's lives, just watching mm. what their life was like. And yeah. I mean, I love a true story as well. I love being inspired by real people and i suppose yeah. that's what this podcast is Absolutely. about as well yeah. and uh, even and i spoke to gareth about this how even though their lives are in the 19th century there's still so much we can relate to as yeah. as humans and the human condition is very much the same and mm. yeah i'm really inspired by it and i love your role horatio is, plays such a key role in the show and you do it so so well like so well and um, yeah it's been amazing to kind of uh, meet, I suppose, when did we meet? It was like, when was that? It was that Feb.
1: February, like mid-February. So nearly a year ago. Yeah, that's... Bad. Wow, <laughs> how did that happen? That was so nice though, like, where we went. Was it? Um, oh, it was. In Chesham, where we were? Yeah, in yeah. Chesham. Yeah. It yeah, was a really on. lovely place, really, yeah, really great. lovely
0: venue where we um, where we did the the workshop day. Yeah. And that was the the start of that many things start. to come. That was mad. And um, yeah, it's been amazing to see you on this journey too, because when I met you, was introduced to, to Henry, who went to a drama studio, is I that did. correct? So that I did, was yeah. where you trade. So, you, you went to uni in Birmingham, went right? To uni in was Birmingham, that the University of the Birmingham?
1: University of UOB. And what was your degree in? It was, guess what, drama and theatre arts. Whoa, I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> literally. And um, then,
0: but, and then what, what happened after that? What happened what,
1: after that? Well, um, graduated in 2020 um then this yeah obviously great yeah that this thing called covid came along oh. um at the time I was like oh do you know what like i was doing my dissertation i was like do you know what being obviously did, uh, in retrospects now i obviously see but um at the time I was like great like no distractions or anything i can just crack on with this knuckle down stay at home no problem and it won't last that long mm. little did I know um I thought I'd be over by like you know the summer or whatever when the summer comes round and I've graduated you know i'm like oh i've got to get a job oh wait um so <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah like that was a, obviously a really i mean it was a tricky time for everyone obviously and and there was i know lots of people went through um yeah like far far worse things than i did but yeah just sort of being at home and um trying to i mean at the time am trying to think it was for a few months i worked in a for a call center for a a market research agency, Oof. I know. Uh, bougie. Great, honestly. Um, yeah, it was, obviously, it was it was not what I was hoping to do, but it was fine. Did that from home for a few, for a few months. And then, praise the Lord, when the schools partially opened, I worked as like an academic mentoring, well, mentor. Um, the government kind of had a, a kind of COVID catch-up fund oh. where they basically used that to send out graduates into local schools with, you know, children who were underperforming as a result of being at home and missing out on so much mm. school or just being affected by that. So that was great. Did a bit of English and Maths tutoring. Did, ran a drama club after school for reception to years, wow. to year five. Um, Kind of, I, I co-directed a bit of the the year six, end of year play. So yeah, like it was great. I mean, I'm not going to oh. pretend that, you know, obviously there were times where I had to self-isolate and whatever, but um, it was good. That was a good time. So yeah, that kind of, because initially i was like obviously finished drama school wanna i off, ideally go off and, and and do do acting and get an agent and whatnot but um actually just to add another string to your bow in teaching i've done bits of tutoring before mm. i quite enjoy working with young people kids um young adults done that a lot with like church as well mm. with those kind of ministries so yeah like not didn't want to necessarily teach permanently or long term but thought you know what like i've 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 done that and that's really good experience and i felt like Given I was in, we were all in the you know situation we we, we were in, just yeah. with, the, with The climate and stuff, like yeah, like it wasn't it was a good thing to do. So there was that, and then when it came to doing drama school, um, I was fortunate. I know you were probably we you, you still you're obviously at home, yes, a bit to that. And, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I was I was lucky. I mean, you know, we had to obviously loads of COVID testing and whatnot. And when so when did you start some. drama oh, studio? Oh, here we go. Uh, twenty twenty one
0: okay so it was still like during yeah, some 21 of
1: it. to 22 it was only for a year mm-hmm. So of three years at Birmingham and obviously kind of took that stopgap year and then a one-year postgrad and mm. I think like I think oh it would have been great to have done three years but um yeah I did I did the one year and to be fair like DSL it's a really if you well they've changed it to an MA now but it was basically a post-grad diploma. Mm. Um, yeah, which is good because it was just purely vocational like we didn't i mean it's great what all drama schools do but to make it more accessible they make them into degrees which is fine but it, don't you they have to tick boxes when you like doing bits of academic work right what now um, that it's an ma yeah mm-hmm. um and, not, and that's what the majority of schools do but dsl the final year before it changed was the year i did and yeah i mean i did like eight shows in a year it's <gasps> great that's amazing so, and the good thing was well with dsl they have a lot of um, directors externally so they who come in so who mm-hmm. are working in in the industry so you know had had a had really good director um, who was working at the at the royal shakespeare company RSC mm-hmm. came into direct. So yeah, like there are pros and cons because like sometimes some directors can be like, oh, I've got to go out and do this job. Sorry, got to leave. But on the whole, it's great. Like it's really, really good to have that their that, that kind of first-hand experience. You could be working with anyone. So that was a real, that was a real um, bonus. Um, so yeah, really good. I mean, it was very intense, and I think mm-hmm. ideally, I think, I mean, hey, if we if we want some top tips, a top tip. If you're thinking uni or drama school. I think you can do both. That's what I did. I think if you are making that decision, ideally choose one or the other because university and Birmingham was great, they're a bit more in favour of you going to do like postgrad training. But most unis, I think they'd agree with this, would say, if you want to act, go to drama school but there's yeah. no reason why you can't have the academic grounding like i did and then go and do it later on absolutely no reason why and people have done that um yeah but yeah but i think yeah the one year was great really yeah. good um, and i think
0: that just shows as well there are so many ways to do it i think mm. um drama school isn't the be-all and end-all it is mm. it's it is helpful absolutely for a lot not. of people yeah but it doesn't mean that you're stuck if you didn't go not or if all. you're not, not going, going i and think
1: I mean, you know, we're obviously only talking, this there there are exceptions, but you mm-hmm. know, you look at I'm just I mean, this one off the top of my head, like Jodie Comer, like she never went to mm. drama school, Vanessa Kirby never went to drama. Just I mean they're they're just examples, right? But um I think I'd rec I'd I'd if you were saying do I or don't I, I would recommend just to get that kind of core foundational training that you're gonna be able to carry forward with you for the rest of your career, the rest mm. of your life. And like some people can have a problem. I know some people are quite staunch sort of anti-drama school, which is fine. And they've had really successful careers and it hasn't mattered at all. Um, but yeah, like I think it's just good to have have that, you know, I mean, the teachers do know what they're talking about. Some people mm. are like, oh, they're quite wedded to their own philosophies and stuff. But I think, it's, 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 yeah. I think the pros outweigh the cons. Um, and I think
0: it's like whatever training you do, yeah. just do it from a trusted mm. source, I guess. Like even, yeah. I mean, even through... Um, through it as well. Our director is so amazing. um, one of them is now my acting coach. Come on.
1: I think... Again, it can, there's obviously a cost that comes with it, but to mm-hmm. have an acting coach as well, I know people who do that. And even after training, after drama school, like you are now, like it's mm. really good just to keep it up. Because yeah. same thing, sorry, silly analogy, but with like driving, you pass your test and you think, yes, that's it. Yeah. But really it's only the start. And um, same thing with drama school. I know they're different, but it's the same kind of principle. Like you do your training, and then it's... you're qualified, you can call yourself a professional, you've got your degree or whatever, but it's only, it's only the start. You've got a whole big wide world out there. You know, you haven't made it necessarily. I mm. mean, we'll obviously talk about that, but and what what it means to be su- su- successful or whatever. But like, yeah, like you can still go to a really good drama school, and it can be really tough. So yeah. Um. But yeah.
0: Exactly. So let's talk about that. So then, post drama studio. Yeah. What
1: What happened? What happened? Goodness me. Because wow.
0: I think it's really interesting. I suppose. Sorry to interrupt no. you there. <laughs> um, I was speaking to Gareth too about he's had a really interesting career in that he's. Worked in ministry. He's also worked as an actor. And I said to him, um, you know, what was it, what is it like now kind of transitioning to this time where you're going back into the industry sort Mm, of thing? You know, he's been working in ministry. Now he's written a musical um, and he's acting. He's doing all the things. He's Mm. producing, you know. And he said, well, it's kind of one and the same. You know, I'm still, my heart is still the same. It's Mm. to, it's to spread the word, spread the good news. And um, I think you've had um a career so far that also really links the two together really yeah. nicely yeah, yeah. so yeah would you like to tell us sure yeah
1: i mean i think last year so i was gonna say we I mean, also talk about testimony and stuff i would say it kind of comes in two parts where you kind of have this time in my life probably university where you kind of encounter meet jesus um, and my faith grew slowly but surely over that time but in in the past year more recently that's when it really kind of yeah grew exponentially and um yeah like a big thing for me as part of that growth was working for my church for mm. the year um down in well yeah in across across um across the across the city in west london um, in ealing um, and yeah, being part of that church for over two years now, but, um, it was fairly early on, actually, when I was at the church, I was at drama school at the time and I was out for a pint with my pastor, as you know. do, um, Pete Cornford, big up, I'll give him a shout out, <laughs> why not? Um, and, and these people was, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and like, he just, he just talked about this thing called impact year. Yeah. Um, which is now called Intentional Discipleship, but same kind of thing, um, run by a uh, body of churches, group of churches called New Frontiers, um, which kind of have like Baptist roots, but they consider themselves like non-denominational. Um, but yeah, kind of globally, they're kind of a global thing now, and they've really grown over the past like twenty, thirty. I used 40s. to go to New Frontiers you did? Church. Yeah, yeah, yeah if I if remember we spoke saying. About this, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so he. And incidentally, Anna Unwin, who's just been interviewed, did it a couple of years before me as well. Oh. Um, so it was good to kind of have her insight into it.
0: And what's it called? Like the what you
1: so it, did? Well, we kind of know it at Redeemer, my church, as Impact Year. Uh-huh. Um, but it's called Intentional Discipleship or ID because ID is about, well, obviously that's what Intentional Discipleship stands for. But finding your identity in Christ. Come Amen. on. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, that was a big thing. And, and he just said, you know, we look, we we have this thing called Impact Year that we do as a church that is linked to the wider group of New Frontiers churches where you kind of have, I guess, informal theology, informal theology training. Um, it's not Bible college, but you have teaching across the course of the year. You serve your local church. You have weekly teaching, Bible teaching. You go on like a mission trip. You have in-person teaching as well. You also just like amazing you just you know meet like minded people um your kind of stage of life to be i say your stage of life i mean you can be as young as 18 but i know people who old uh, who've been older who've who've done it but um mm. it was it was like i think it really it really did change my life in a big wow. way i'm glad i did it um but i remember him saying to me at the time uh yeah we thought we th- we kind of wondered what would it look like if if henry did it and initially at the time i had the very similar um reaction to anna in the you know we're doing the same kind of we're working in the same kind of field and i like her, was just sort of like oh like yeah to be honest pete i didn't say this to him but in my heart i was like i just want to be successful and you know finish Mm. drama school and like just go out into the world and get an agent and and, yeah being being shows and i remember at drama school they'd always ask you know you've got to pinpoint a particular part of the industry you want to work in to begin with and then branch out. That's the kind of thing, the kind of conversations you have to have with your agent. Mm -hmm. And for me, I mean, I prefer, I love working across all, all mediums is great, but I prefer theater. So I was like, you know what? If I work for the RSC, the National Theater, and or the Globe, i'll be happy that's mm-hmm. what that's i mean that isn't even that long ago you know um that's what was going through my heart going through my head so mm. that's how i was feeling but that's then how that's, i'll achieve yeah yeah and, and then as as time went on i had just had conversations with people who'd done the impact year before and yeah prayed about it i guess um thought about it and yeah i just well, obviously god led me to make the decision to do it but I'm just so glad I did because I guess you kind of go into these things particularly like a year-long thing like that and you're like oh I don't really know what to expect mm-hmm. um, but now yeah like made friends friends for life like and like done that year with them and yeah just changed my life and I think yeah I wouldn't be the same person had I not done it I'm not the same person my spirit I mean like I say I I don't know I probably got saved or probably because became a follower of Jesus around 2021. 20, mm-hmm. So towards the end of uni, but um, yeah, I think it was over that year I really, really grew and mm. um, just sort of found where my true identity was and gave it all to God, you know? Wow. So it was, it was, and I honestly, like to people listening, watching, like I would, if you're at that point, it doesn't matter actually how old you are, but if you're at that point where you're like, you know what, I could take a year out. What am I gonna do? What could I do? I honestly cannot recommend that internship enough. Mm. Um, and don't just see it as like an internship, like, oh, it's a gap year. Yeah, it is, but it just it just changed me from the inside out, it was just unreal. Like, and just what I learned, um, the way in which I served church, becoming such a core part of that church as well, and seeing things from the other side. Mm. Because you often go to church on a Sunday, worship, hear the preach, connect with people, do meetup groups in the week. Uh, but and then that's kind of it and obviously you get stuck into serving and stuff in different ministries but for me seeing it from the other side working in an office as well throughout the week really just changed my whole perspective on it what Mm. it looked like to properly kind of serve and you know give a year to god well obviously we try and as christians give as much time as you give everything to god and do that every day but for me it was like intentionally putting that year aside yeah that that
0: time was kind of mapped out and i think as well with you being relatively new to like having given your life to Jesus, as you said, that being able to have that opportunity of a whole year of people pouring into you and and being taught about God's teachings and putting it into practice. I think being able to put into practice what it is to follow Jesus, I think that is amazing. And I think it's probably really equipped you for what you're doing now as well. Mm -hmm. And so how did you get from what you were doing in that year to what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, well, it's funny because I kind of saw that year as okay god i'm gonna be really intentional with working for church if i have acting opportunities to come along cool actually to begin with my pastor even said to me he was like mate if you get something that comes up i think anna got told the same thing if you get something that comes up if you get a big break opportunity whatever you can just leave you can go off and do that and that's what i thought of going into it but as time went on it's there's a, a verse which i Um, is quite helpful with this in the psalms where it's like if you you know you pursue god if you love god wholeheartedly he'll change the desires of your heart Mm. so they align more to his will and that's kind of what happened i was like you know what like i had an agent at the time and there were some things auditions that i got put forward for that would have been had i got them pretty good like a Mm. pretty big deal um there was even one thing where i got an opportunity to meet with a director but it just would have clashed with so many things i was doing on my year and I mean, I I won't I won't go into all of it, but there were also some things. It was the best year of my life, one of the best years of my life, and yeah, like just the way I changed in that year. But also one of the toughest years as well. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't all rosy, and um, I just had a hard time with. The management was great, but just stuff I was being put forward for, and this is a conversation that a lot of Christians in the performing arts talk about: just mm. being put forward to for stuff that was compromising. To my faith. And um yeah, there was that attached to it as well. Mm. But I just prayed about it and I just felt God saying, I just want you to commit to this year like properly and just see it mm. like see it out. And yeah, that wasn't the only thing. The agent was probably one of three things going on at the time in my personal life where God kind of challenged me in a big way and was like, you know, you can either follow me wholeheartedly or you can have these things that the world offers. But guess what you can't do both mm. and Jesus talks about that in relation to like money and stuff because that's a big kind of idol that we ha- that yeah, we, we have like and he says you can't you can't serve two masters you mm. can't lo- love both God and money um and it wasn't specifically money, but it was like other li- other things going on in my personal life it was it was it was a relationship, it was um my family, and it was career and those three things certainly from my point of view and from other people I've spoken to, um, the enemy will try and use those things to distract you, yeah. um, to like, you know, go against what God wants. And it was re- it was a real spiritual battle. And I'm not gonna lie, it was probably one of the, yeah, trickiest points of my life and one of the lowest mm. points of in my life. Um, but yeah, it was really when kind of like, we all get to a point where we're like, do you know what, what does it really mean to follow Jesus? what does it mean not just to show an, an interest in Jesus and a curiosity and to call yourself a believer or call yourself a Christian but what does it actually look like to deny yourself and to mm. lay down everything at the cross and and yeah i would say you know if you can't pinpoint some po- you know somewhere in your life that where it's cost you to follow jesus you might it sounds quite it sounds quite extreme but like I would maybe question whether you are following him because there, ha- there will be something in your life before you give your life to Christ that you have to cut away, that you have to lay down in order to follow him. Mm. And I think that I got to that point where God really challenged me with that. And hey, you know, God has a great plan for my life, for your life, for, everyone, for everyone's life. But, you know, we also have free will and I could have just, I did put it off. I, I put off what I, what he was telling me to do. Um, but I, it was very painful but I, there were things there that I've just spoken about that I laid aside, and mm. um, just so I could really follow him wholeheartedly. And you know, it doesn't mean to say that you know God never, never wants those kind of blessings, um, you know. But it's just like, was it, was it honouring, was it honouring to him? And um, just was it, was it right? Was it according to his will? Obviously, like mm. prayer is your biggest, fr- you know, is your biggest weapon and like friend. Um, to have and Mm. just the holy spirit as well like holy spirit conviction Mm. that voice which is convicting about specific things going on and you just have to you do just have to and i think
0: it's um what's so important to remember is you're not doing it from a perspective of like i like if, if you've listened to anna's um interview it's it's not about doing it to be good to be a good christian to do the right thing it's like i always think whenever god leads us to kind of be corrected in some way or to lay something down as you said or and it can be really difficult but I always think it's because he's a loving father like he doesn't want to do anything to to restrict our fun he doesn't want to give us a hard time at all he wants us to live life to the fullest so he wants us to give us the best life we can like to have in fullness that doesn't mean that we life is without its struggles but it does mean that if he is asking us to stop something I always think of it as the same as A loving parent Mm. would say to their child don't touch that it's hot and it's not because the parent wants to restrict their child but um it's because they know what's best for the child they know they know that that's going to cause harm whereas i've got something better that's going to be a good thing Mm. and um i just think it's so powerful to remember that it's the character of god when Mm. you when you know that you're being corrected in something is to remember his character that he only ever does anything in our best interest. And I think that's how you get rid of um, the negativity of Mm. religion a little bit as well, because religion and rule following isn't what we're called to it. It's freedom in Christ and how that looks. And, and yeah, I think that's um, so cool. And also like what we'd spoken about with Anna is um, that sometimes it's, it's not even that the thing itself is wrong because I think sometimes people could get stuck in the religion of what's right and wrong. Mm. And I've definitely struggled with that, but it's like, where is your heart behind yeah. it? Yeah, and like yeah. in those situations, you you realize that you needed to put those things down yeah. because your heart wasn't in line with God's heart. Maybe. Is it
1: is it basically, is it bringing you closer to God or is it pulling yeah. you away? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And like with Anna's story, she spoke about how the West End and pursuing that was something that was really important to her. But her heart wasn't in the right place, yeah. and once her heart was, yeah. she ended up in the West End, it, and yeah. it was a different experience yeah. to what it would have been. Yeah. So, and you yeah. don't
1: you don't always know, you know what? You, it's easier to see this stuff in retrospect, but you don't Absolutely. always know it doesn't what god wants us to do but it doesn't always make sense to us in the moment but mm. now you look back on it and you think wow like like you say you know the genesis 50 um first 20 verse where you know joseph is being sold into slavery by his brothers and he says what well, you intended for evil god intended for good mm. and i just always always go back to that um you know to just apply that to yeah you know god can take
0: anything he doesn't cause harm but he can use anything for our good yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. and so what there's some good things that have been happening recently so because i remember when we were doing the tour in june i was like what's next bro and you wasn't sure at that point wasn't was i and then just a few i think it was just a few weeks later something happened What, what happened
1: well really i mean i'm not gonna lie but i've probably got the person sitting across the table from me to thank for, for one of the things, I no, guess, no, in no. a way. <laughs> um, but no, like, yeah, did, did that tour, finished working for the church, and then, yeah, was it, maybe it was sort of July, August or something, mm. but um, Simon, who I work with now, um, artistic director of a Christian theatre company called Salt Mine, um, they had a, a role co- um, coming up for a theatre and education tour. They were doing, they've been doing for the past, 10 years or so called switch up um it tackles knife crime county lines gang culture drug use things like that that we take into secondary schools mainly in the west midlands because that's the we've got had a lot of support from the west midlands police for that so um yeah there was an opportunity coming up with that and you put me in touch with 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 them regarding it um i think simon was gonna because obviously i'd worked we'd he'd helped um, with like the stage management side for the first for the first of a show. Yeah, so was that when Dudley. you first met him? That's when I first, yeah, I first met him in that rehearsal week because me and Richard, Richard and myself stayed at their house. Oh, yes, of course, so, yeah. And it's funny because Simon tells me now, he didn't obviously tell me at the time, but he tells me now, he was just sort of, yeah, me being there, he was like, oh, I wonder if that guy would like to work for Saltmine one day. Wow. Um, and in my heart, like talking about it to them and like other Christian theatre companies because like Richard's worked for other Christian theatre companies, and I was just like, yeah, like, I really would like to to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't say anything. And then, yeah, when I got in touch with Simon off the back of um, you letting me know about it, he said, oh, I was going to contact you anyway. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's really off the back of, of it as well that um, the salt mine opportunity came up. And yeah, since then I've been working for them f- as a freelance actor since September. Um, so yeah, I did the switch up tour in the autumn, uh, then did a Christmas tour. Uh, we start well... This is the thing with Christmas. You start rehearsing at the at the very beginning of November. Yeah. So the, the mince pies were out, and the Christmas <laughs> music was playing from the Love second. Loved that. Um, but yeah, so uh, did that. That for, was a Christmas Carol. It was yeah for November and December. Mm. Um, and I saw Christmas Carol. Did. And I loved in, probably, it? Probably. I'm not gonna so lie. Good. Probably my favourite venue. Com Church, dance the mm. um, Massive. It was massive a audience. brilliant, yeah. brilliant
0: production, yeah. and you were so good in it. I was like, God, Henry. I just, I just, so I good. just
1: really, I think I really enjoyed like taking a well-known Christmas story by mm-hmm. Dickens. Good old Dickens I don't know what his heart was behind it in terms of getting the gospel message across but the way in which it been adapted for salt mine and just getting that gospel because me- Salt mine in will try to in some way have a message mm-hmm. a biblical a gospel centered message running through each of its shows and it will make some more kind of direct than than others but this was about you know what can we give not just our money, but also like our time to others. Um, what can we give in terms of like our heart? Mm-hmm. And um, you kind of see the character arc of the of, of Scrooge, how he changes as an individual being shown his past, shown the present and obviously shown the future as well. And he does it at the end get on his knees and just say, please God, like, i i I know i deserve death but i don't want to go there i'm i'm willing to change Mm. and that's what the christian life kind of looks like and like we were talking about sometimes you just have to get to that lowest point Mm. in order for god to reveal the sin in your life same thing with like adam and eve like you they just they, they, they didn't to begin with and then their eyes were opened you just gotta you gotta get to that low point and then suddenly that's that's what's needed for you to then to then be, be, be changed, to be transformed. It's the same with Jesus when he died on the cross, he went to that low point, but then he rose again. And that's mm. that models what the Christian walk, obviously it peaks and troughs and we have good bad days and bad days, doesn't necessarily get completely better, but that's what it. That's what the kind of arc of, of our faith looks like. But yeah, just doing that show was great um, with Salt Mine and I was just so blessed to be a part of it. Mm. And now, yeah, I'm about to do a primary school show on internet safety. Um, called Blast Off, which will be really fun. Um, and yeah, there may be other opportunities coming up with um, other projects they're doing. So I'm just really blessed. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like, we all know people, you know, who are listening to this, actors, we know it's a really tough industry out there. Really? And I'm not gonna lie, like, you, I, we would have felt this. Whether you've done drama school or not, you get to that point where you're like, right, I'm ready to, to go out into the world of work. But it's like, you know, when is my next audition? When is my next job coming? And I've just been so lucky with what God has done. And I have got to that point where I kind of submitted to him to the point where I was like, Lord, if you don't, I've done this here with church. You know what? If you don't want me to go off and do this acting thing, I've, I left my agent. I took a bit of a break from that. I was like, do you know, if you don't want me to go and do this, fair enough. And I'll tell you now, with Garrett Street Ministry, K180, they actually offered me a position mm. um, assisting him. Uh, and that was tough because I was like, wow, like what an opportunity. But then I was like, oh, do I want to leave my home church? I really felt like God had grown me a lot in evangelism and street evangelism and mm. like working with Gareth and my other mates, Josh and Sam, um, doing stuff within church. Just like
0: sharing yeah. Jesus with and people. Yeah, and like,
1: I mean, I, like, oh, look, I love talking to people anyway, but I'm really passionate about, I think particularly when you have quite a radical change in your life mm. where, you, where you give, where you get saved and you give your life to the Lord and stuff. I think, yeah, you're just really you cannot, like it says in the in, in in scripture, like you just cannot help the disciples in Acts 4, they could not help telling others what they'd seen and yeah. heard, even if they were going to get flogged for it. And was killed. we're so it all killed, you know. And and we we're so blessed in this part of the world in in, mm-hmm. in the UK to be able to freely like worship and share our faith. Of course, some people, a lot of people won't like it, but it's just something I've feel really kind of led to do and when paul talks about like the ephesians 4 ministries i'm like i just i just love talking to people about jesus and evangelizing mm. so yeah that's um that's been like yeah a big part of of me wanting to both you know make my faith a big part of what i do in terms of work but also do the acting stuff and i don't know how long that will last for you know i'm really love what i'm doing with sort mine at the moment but just to Yeah, even for a few years, I was like, God, how can I combine the two things, Mm. you know? And and I think there are people who are in the secular, I don't wanna make too much of a distinction or a separation between like the secular and the sacred and stuff, but there are people who work in the secular world who, you know, we can still in some way witness. But I think for me, like just being around Christians, Mm. again, don't know if I will do forever, but just in my workplace, and then, like going out to like schools, to churches, even to like audiences who are who who aren't, you know, who who aren't believers. Like it's just such a to, to take that to message to, to that. them, yeah. and yeah,
0: to have the combination, and that is such a blessing. And um, I've had things before as well where it's just. I've thought, oh, it'd be so good to combine my faith with what I love my with performance. And even when I came to see you in a Christmas carol, the message was, what can I give? And that's like one of my favorite uh, Christmas carols, too, in the bleak midwinter. It yeah. says, what can I give him, poor as I am, you oh. know, give him my heart. I yeah. love those lyrics. And um, it just really spoke to me because I was like, it is such a blessing that God has given us these gifts of creativity to act, sing, dance, whatever it is to be able to then use that back as a gift to other people. And it just really like, reminds me of the weight that has of like, this is really special that we can do that. It's such a privilege. And I think what you're doing with Salt Mine and with it as well, is doing like really high quality work, really high quality theater, but it's, it's got such a powerful message. It's people coming to be entertained and are going to have a great evening out, a great day watching a show, but it, it goes deeper than that, mm. which is just so exciting. Yeah. And I love that. And yeah. I'd love for you to be able to, to for you to tell us now maybe um, about what it is that makes you want to share Jesus so much. What impacted Jesus? What was the testimony, bro? Whoa, who
1: got <laughs> to that point? Um, <laughs> I knew it was coming. Uh, yeah, oh, Yeah, so I think for me, uh, it's a bit of a weird one because we usually, with our testimonies, start off by saying, I grew up in a Christian household or I didn't grow up in a Christian household. (laughs) That's (laughs) so true. (laughs) For me, it's like, I kind of did and didn't. I Mm. would say, um, yeah. So basically my parents believe in God. That's never been an issue for me. Like I've always believed in God. I've believed in God for as long as 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 I can remember. But have I been a Christian for the whole time or no? Um, um brought up in the church of england my dad in the baptist church um and i you know keep praying that they would commit them commit their lives to jesus to see him as because the thing is like they do believe they do believe in jesus but do they really know who he is do they know the impact they can have on their that he can have on their lives are they active followers and i just pray i think they're mellowing to it and like kind of seeing what i'm doing I think that's in a way. Obviously, it's nothing. I don't take any credit, but like God's trying to work, work, work in them that way. Um, but yeah, kind of grew up with that loose belief of of God and and Jesus. But I guess fell into the trap of of just seeing the different. And obviously, I respect all religions and faiths and beliefs and stuff. But like just seeing anything really as you know if whatever your heart says then that's true and that's fine you can believe whatever you want and if it makes you happy and if you're content with that then cool um and then so because i was i would cons- talk, consider myself growing up to be a quite a spiritual person so the idea of of you know god and stuff and um yeah just sort of thought well all these faiths i'm a christian but all these things are basically saying and pointing towards the same thing and it took me a long while to get out of that way of thinking. Um, but yeah, for me, I mean, my, I had, uh, when I was about 14, I had like next door neighbors who happened to be Christians. Mm. And we just went around to like their housewarming uh, one time and they just invited me along to their like Friday youth group up the road, oh. um, which they co-led. Um, so that, that was a big thing. That was a more kind of, okay, I'm actively taking time out of my week, even as like a teenager after school or whatever on a Friday evening to just like, basically just connect with people my age and mm. play games and whatever but like and like hang out but you know have this gospel message which slowly but surely I kind of understood a bit more but it's yeah again I would didn't I wouldn't I was wouldn't call myself a Christian then and then yeah I think it kind of changed a lot I was sixth form went to the Christian Union then because I was sort of at this point where I was like I was fence-sitting a bit I was like yeah I'm a Christian and then I kind of saw that the other guys were a little they just had something that i didn't Mm. i remember doing actually a ucas ucas is like overseas like a lot of the unis and colleges and conservatoires and stuff went on like a ucas convention day where we looked at unis um and a guy i got the guy just happened to sit next to on the coach had a bible i was like wow like yeah like i wasn't i mean I, i i didn't you know i was i i I didn't really think i'd read i was reading the bible or anything at that time but i just showed curiosity i showed interest it didn't it didn't feel too jarring i was like cool this guy's got a bible and he was like yeah hopefully i'll he was telling me about his hopes to do like theology one day i was like that's Mm -hmm. cool um and i I had a convo with him and then lo and behold when i got to uni he went to the same uni and he happened to say to me oh i'm going to the sea i'm going to the christian union like first meeting of the year want to come i'm like yeah man i'm a christian of course and then i get there and like everyone's worshiping and lifting their hands in worship and stuff (laughs) and crying out to the lord i'm like okay this is a bit bit, i'm not gonna lie in my heart was like i'm a bit weirded out here um like if i'm being completely honest um and then yeah just like heard a lot of the messages that were being like spoken on and stuff and hearing about jesus like all the time And i'm like okay wow that they really do love this this dude Just, yeah because like i knew I, I thought i thought i knew jesus yeah yeah but i think the thing is you've got to, have to ask yourself you know do you know of jesus or do you know of god or do you know him and i'm like, i know in, you know you that's in that's in italics you know i'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm emphasizing that yeah. do you know him uh and i didn't know him and so i don't again like i don't really know when i fully committed my life but i remember like walking into it because this is a time in my life where i was like someone's going to, go to church more see you were like we'll see you and it's good to come to see you in the week, but we're not church. We're not a substitute for church to so mm-hmm. go to church on Sunday. So I did kind of on and off, like go to church at home, but like not really. Like I wouldn't have really called it like a home church or anything. So I went to at the time. It, uh, I went to an an Anglican church, and I because it was just what I was used to. And I walked in, and the vicar at I just spoke to him, got to know him, and he said to me a few years later, he was like, when you first walked into church don't think you're a christian but when you left like three four years later you definitely were so yeah. i don't know when it happened yeah but it was at some point in that time and i think yeah the age of kind of yeah 1920 21 that's a really kind of like that's a that's a key point for a lot of people where they're like they kind of make this decision am i actually going to follow jesus wholeheartedly am i going to make him lord of my life and yeah so there was that that was the point where i guess i started to have like difficult conversations with my parents Mm. just about um yeah like what i believed in and stuff and my mum um uh, was quite into like the spiritualist church so um yeah kind of again a bit more in in unquote unquote like holistic in its kind of views of who god is um you know stuff like mediums and like channeling and stuff and at the time, I went. I went to the. I would go because I was like, this is my mum. Like, I love her and stuff. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go with her. And at the time, I had some issues with, like my mental health and I had. I was like depressed and stuff. And um, yeah, like went along with her. To, and at the time, I was like, all this stuff I'm getting from the spiritualist church. This feels like maybe it's like actually quite fulfilling. Maybe this is the answer. Maybe this mm. is the answer to all of my problems. And over time, they like they would have like the cross at the front and they'd have like a picture of Jesus at the side. And over time, I went there for a little while and they'd like take that stuff down. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, maybe Jesus is like, you know, a part of this, but maybe he's not like front and center. But then I got to a point, I think it was in my second year at uni and I was with one of the ministers at the church. And we I was just talking about the spiritualist church I was going to and kind of being involved in that, but also with the CU and with my Christian faith. And he was like, look, I don't think you can do one or the other, but you can't do both. Mm. I was like, wow. And then, so that was before the holidays. And then it was like, I think there was a few weeks I had off after the holidays came back to him. I was like, yeah, I've decided to choose Jesus. Mm. So again, I find it hard to pinpoint, but I think that was a, that was quite a key moment.
0: Would you say since having that point, you know, you you thought maybe going to this spiritualist church might've been the answer to your problems Mm. and then, have you found since that wasn't the answer? Do you, have you, what, what was oh, yeah. the answer yeah, for yeah, you, yeah. you know?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's a long time ago now. I was like in my teens and stuff, but mm. um, I found, I guess, and here's the key. I think coming towards the end of my time at Birmingham, I found that I was talking about my faith in Jesus more to people. I was at that point where I felt, as we all do, felt quite apprehensive and nervous and a bit awkward doing it, but I was doing that. And it was this thing of like, you know, stuff that's gone on growing up and stuff having my eyes open to sin and seeing myself as a sinner. I remember overhearing a minister saying to someone, they were just having a conversation with someone and they were like, look, if you want to follow Jesus, you have to just say, look, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need you to save me. And oh. I was like, oh no, that's such a... Because I was having issues with my, with my mental health at the time. I was like, no, that's such a negative way of thinking. I can't, no, I've got to manifest good thoughts, good, happy, positive thoughts. That's no, so can't, can't do that. But actually, that's the key. Mm. And I think... With my, you know, people who haven't quite made that decision to follow Jesus, seeing my own sin, my own brokenness, getting to that low point, and that being God's way, being like, "Look, you can't do this on your own," and Jesus going, "Look, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except me. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Like, you know, He is the image of the invisible God. Actually, seeing Jesus, Jesus as God, Mm. like that was the key, like." Cause I think I got this idea of Jesus being like the way a lot of people in our culture see him as just like a prophet, a good teacher. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's bad. Um, good, like good guy died on a cross, but we don't really know why. Don't mm. really see him as a sacrifice. Don't really see that as how it fits into God's plan. Mm. And that being able to, to get rid of this idea that Christianity is like all of, the, all of the, all of the other religions. Mm. And the fact that it's not, it's not, like the other religions it's not i might even go as far as to say it's not even a religion it's faith it's a relationship in god because there are certain like foundations and rules god lays down to like you say discipline us and protect us but it's not just following a rule book mm. it's walking in step with the holy spirit it's following jesus and allowing him to change you the thing is he never sinned we all sin we all fall short, as it says in Romans, as Paul says, mm. we all fall short of the glory of God. That's the, the first thing. That's the thing that we need to get into our head. And that was, for me, the thing which meant that I came to Christ because I was like, yeah, I'm a, mm. I'm a sinner and I need... I, I who, who, who who needs saving? I think
0: so. possibly like a lot of people are scared of the word sin, which I mm. understand because you instantly... I think it's a word for some people that maybe instantly makes you feel guilty and yeah. that's uncomfortable and... Yeah nobody wants to feel guilty and condemned, you know? But I think the thing is, I feel like we need to change our view of the perception of the word sin. Yeah. It's a bit like, you know, the S word sin. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But the thing it is- It sounds
1: quite archaic, doesn't it? Like,
0: yeah, religion, like, that. I don't know. Like, I think the word itself, if you if you rephrased it to say, look, has anyone made a mistake before? Yeah. Uh, yes. Has anyone made a mistake today? Uh, Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, whether you're like somebody who's, never been in a church or whether you're someone who's grown up in the church is there anyone you know got jesus said when people were condemning um this woman and so he's saying he said to them who is without whoever is without sin sin, like can throw the first stone to stone this lady and of course they no one could because everybody without jesus everyone is guilty Mm -hmm. and like but that's not something we have to stay in guilt about it's it's okay yeah helplessly i make mistakes and i can't be perfect i can't prevent myself from ever making a mistake what's the solution here and like what you're saying a lot of religions offer okay well you can try and do x y and z to be a good person and to reach your goal whether that's heaven um or something else um but for us it's we realize where do you draw the line? We can't, we can't do enough. So Jesus died to take our place and to be an offering for us. So we don't, then we don't have to stay in the guilt. You know, we're Mm. free. We're not condemned. God Mm. doesn't condemn us. And I think that's how you move away as well from, religion and rule following because it's like no we're set free and we're set free to live a life of freedom which then goes back to what we said about then we might not do certain things because that's not walking in freedom Mm. but it's not from a place of guilt which i think is so important because uh, speaking to non-believers especially, I almost shy away from the word sin, but mm. it's because of the connotations it yeah, has. Yeah, yeah, But it's actually something that's so beautiful that God forgives us so freely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, There's nothing like, we have to yeah, do to earn it. Um, which,
1: mm. and you don't want to judge people, do you? you yes. Know, you don't want to... we it's called hard to not judge people. It, exactly. And it's like you want people to get to a point where they see that they need God, they need mm. Jesus... But ultimately, kind of what we're doing now, by giving your testimony and saying, Look, I've got a problem. I'm not mm. perfect. I I might sound prideful in saying, you must, you know, follow Jesus and I'm right in what I think. But the reality is, I'm not right because of what Henry Silk slash Henry Lee Hunt says. <laughs> I'm right because Jesus is right, you know, and I've decided to submit everything I thought that was true about the world or every philosophy or idea that I thought was the answer. And I've said, you know what, God, I've got to this low point where I know, I know I need you and I've seen that you are real. I've seen you for who you are. And I haven't just made up a version of who, of, of who I think you are. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot, you know, what, what we do is so rooted in scripture because it's the only, obviously we can have our own experiences and stuff and encounter God in so many different ways. But the only reliable kind of source data for who God is and it's historical, true, real evidence is the Bible itself, you know, written over, you know, thousand, um, you know uh, one and a half thousand years or whatever Um by by different people and so many different forms of writing but ultimately the main kind of architectural designer for that is god himself um working through people and he works through us and Mm. that's what he's commissioned us to to do now as the church to be bringers of light and like that's what i or others may do on the streets talking to people that's what we may do through the shows we're doing Mm. that's ultimately what we want to do and we don't want to judge or condemn people um we just want them to know that you know, that they ultimately everyone needs Jesus. We all need him. Everyone and we're needs all Jesus. so loved by we're him. We're loved by him. We don't deserve it through anything we've done and we can't earn it. Mm-hmm. All we've got to do, you don't actually have to do anything. All you do have to do is just get on your knees and say, you know, like Paul says, you know, if you confess with your mouth that, that Christ Jesus is Lord and you believe that God raised him from the dead, you you will you will be saved. Um you need if you believe that in your heart, if you want say, God, I want to see that you're real and I want to know who you are, Jesus. He'll allow that to happen, you know, if it's according to His will. Which obviously, because He doesn't want He wants people to know Him. Mm. He wants to save people, um, and He yeah. makes
0: it so simple. Yeah. you know, we can just call on Him to be forgiven. Yeah, say we're sorry. Say we want to follow You. Yeah,
1: and we and and He'll want us to to live according to to the Spirit, to walk in peace and love. And to show those that that fruit of the spirit, peace, love, joy, gentleness, patience, self-control, all of those things. But doing those things won't save us. Jesus, Mm. God's already done the work. By dying on the cross. Everything that you've done in your past, everything you're maybe living in now, everything that you will do in the future... You know, that, that's all na- that got nailed to the cross 2,000 years ago. Mm, you that's know? Because, you know, that's what we believe. We're preaching here. Yeah. But we believe that Jesus
0: died on the cross, not just because he was killed by the mm. Romans, but he chose to do that so that yeah. we wouldn't have to be punished. Yeah. He was punished. And he rose back to life to show yeah. he defeated And he death.
1: knew that he needed to do it. But Jesus got tempted to not do that. Mm. But he got to a point. I mean, he was, sorry, quite graphic, but he was sweating blood. Like he was going through a lot so much in the garden of Gethsemane when he was about to be handed over to be crucified. And he was like, yet yeah, not what I will, Father, but what you will. Mm. And he was like, that's what it looks like to submit to God. And it can be so painful. And that, you know, what I've been through, what any of us have been through with our testimonies is nothing compared to that. But the hard times, the low points we've been through is kind of a, a reflection of that, of just mm. giving it all to God. And um, yeah, and he's got a plan for, for my life, for your life, for everyone's life but you've just got to take that step in giving it all to him. Yeah.
0: And that's what makes all the difference. Absolutely. And I can't believe it, but it is time for us to end.
1: Oh, what? I was only just warming up. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Oh no, (laughs) is that it? Oh my goodness. I think, well,
0: Henry, I'm sorry, there might have to be a part two.
1: Oh. (laughs) do you know what that's it's no so that's, that's that's no bad thing i'm looking forward to it you know yeah it's, i mean look like i mean it's just such an amazing like such a blessing to be in this space like i was just <laughs> when the other interview was going on we've got barbara streisand on the wall we've got gene kelly we've got frank we've Sinatra. Got some signed photos i mean here. we've got some die-hard hammers fans we've got bobby moore <laughs> at the other end of the room we've got Oh, we've, we've diverted. We've got yeah we've got like Carlos Tevez He's just oh my really goodness ha- Henry's having a great time Michael Kane, I didn't realize Kane. I didn't realize oh Michael Caine yeah I didn't realize that uh West Ham used to be sponsored by Doc Martens that's mad Oh yeah. um anyway it's yeah. great um, well
0: well that does give us the opportunity because I thought <laughs> oh no we're not going to get to do that our name drops but there's somebody uh, on this wall that you have a connection to isn't there? well yeah well a not, few not, people. not me
1: personally but um <laughs> yeah my uh where I get my Lee Hunt surname from well it's, it's my mum first and foremost it's my mum's maiden name but um yeah her her dad my grandfather um was an actor and yeah uh was in Funny Girl uh, with Babs um, with with Babs herself <laughs> with with Babs herself. So yeah um <laughs> I was just I saw that. Oh, look at that you've got it signed Barber and everything. Streisand. Um yeah. So, so your
0: granddad works with Barbra
1: streisand He did indeed that is so did, cool.
0: I mean yeah. my mum is gonna be fangirling right now. We are going to have to wrap up, sadly. Everyone's going to want to come with us now to chat to my mum about Barbara Streisand. But is there anything you want to leave our listeners with? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, also, I feel like we we didn't get into so much, but you were saying about how, you know, your life was changed from God, you know, Mm. like that you was one way and now you're another and God's transformed
1: your life. And is there anything more you'd like to say on that? that I'll try and be as to the point as possible. But I just remember a few years ago, um my great aunt big up auntie joyce she's actually the same age as the queen would have been 97 she's amazing um she's one of the few born again believers in my family i can have really open frank discussions with her about how my life's going and talk to her talk to her openly about faith and stuff and um, i just remember her because we often like email we speak over the phone but we often email as well i just remember her emailing me one time when i was at uni and i wasn't i wouldn't have considered myself a christian then i wasn't fully like, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't a committed Christ follower, but I just remember her saying to me, "If you, even when you do choose to follow Jesus, you'll never regret it," mm. you know. And at the time, I was like, "Oh yeah, whatever, whatever." Now I look back on it and I think, "Wow, she was so right," you know. And I just, yeah, I thank God for people like her, um, you know. Uh, yeah, the way in which God used her to to kind of help me and to give me that assurance and to give me that that true hope that mm. we can find in the lord Perpresent. isaiah forty thirty one. 31 so yeah praise god for that but yeah you just look back on moments like that and you think wow thank you lord mm. um, and yeah i'd say the same to, to 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 anyone um you'll never regret it if you choose to follow jesus it won't be easy mm. at all but um god does have a plan and he just wants to be in a in a relationship with you and to 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 know you and yeah to i just i just urge you to to to, to do that and to put your identity in what's most important to just put God mm. front and center. You'll never regret it.
0: Yeah. You'll never regret there it. Again. And even if it's hard, sometimes it's not as hard as being without him. Absolutely. Think, That's so. a
1: good thing to remember as well. Come yep. on.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you so no much. Worries Henry. At all.
1: This thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on the pod. It's been, I was like, what's he looking at? That?
1: <laughs> still rolling
0: <laughs> it's been so so good having you here thank you so much and i think now we should celebrate with a cup of tea let's do it and my third
1: cup of tea of the day come on Woo! Woo. i converted
0: him Not, many, well, not really me. many but...
1: many hot beverages have been had
0: <laughs> well thank you so so much and thank you everybody for listening slash watching goodbye from me and henry bye Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that it's been a blessing to you. And my prayer is that you will know there is so much hope for you. So hold on to that hope. I do have a list of mental health resources in the description of this episode, so please do make use of this if you think it might be something that benefits you or someone that you know, please do share it with them. Also, I'd love if you could support me as I spread the word of this podcast by subscribing, liking and commenting on YouTube and by leaving a rating and a review on Spotify and also engaging with me through the Q&A section. This would really help me to spread the word and to spread the hope. I'll see you next Monday for another episode. Thank you so much once again. God bless you all. Bye.